0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls.
1: Plus that means I don't have to try to put my bruised boob into a bra today.
2: Ouch. You look like somebody got out of hand with the boob punches, huh?
1: Oof. it's way, like, it's like the line from the sea, but you can see. Put your, put your neck up. Do you still have that?
3: Oh, yeah, like
2: right neck? here.
4: Or right here, right when right I when Give I went know. over
2: there, she had a like a slash right here on her neck where the seatbelt. It was like a like a hickey,
1: and it just that gets sucks. even more bruised as you go further down. Well, yeah, that sucks, man.
2: Yeah, it'll be all right. I'm just confused as to how that happened. Were they both trying to make the light? Is that
1: why they did it? Somebody ran a light. You know how people when sometimes when people try to run a light, yep, people don't s- slow down. They're like, you better not fucking be there when I get there. Yep. yep. Well, I think that was one of the situations and the white truck didn't think that he would be there when he got there.
2: Especially because he had that trailer on the back.
1: Or it did was, he not yeah. see
4: that? Was it like a low trailer? It Maybe was he a didn't low trailer. See the trailer. It was a low trailer.
2: That guy should never have gone.
1: No, no. That was a trailer. turned.
2: Yeah. Mm-mm.
4: He didn't have
1: time to turn. Mm, what a mess! Um, I already called the insurance company, so it's in their hands.
2: <laughs> it's in their hands.
1: <sighs> and Tyler made me go to the hospital yesterday. I really didn't even want to.
4: Well, it's not a bad idea.
1: When you've but everything was everything was fine. I told him everything was going to be fine. Yeah, just but means I- that I'm going to have a bunch of freaking medical bills. Yeah, but it's better
4: to go get this, like, because your airbags deployed, didn't they?
1: Yeah, all of them.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So when your airbags deploy, you need to go get a scan (laughs) because you might not realize that you've hit something in situations like that. Well, and the
2: the thing the guy told us that I'm never going to forget this, he said, the tow truck driver came up to us and he said, did they offer you EMSA, which is emergency medical services? And she said, yes. He goes, don't ever turn that down.
4: Yeah. You pay for it in your taxes.
2: If they offer that to you, don't turn it down because it's so much easier to get paid from the insurance company. If you have that, they'll automatically pay it. They don't have, they don't, there's no question. Yeah. So I I didn't even know that.
4: Well, and the EMSA bills, at least in Edmond, like when we had, when my dad had his stroke, we didn't pay for EMSA because we pay it in our taxes. Huh. Like he, the ambulance ride was, didn't, it was automatically covered by like Edmund taxes, but it's just, Emsa. it's just part of, it like depends on who gets hmm. called or whatever, but Edmund uses So it's because we were expected I mean, the insurance was going to cover it, but we expected still to have to pay this like big ass ambulance bill and it, there wasn't one.
3: Mm. Yeah. When I was 20 and in my accident, I denied it. And then I had a hard time later with the insurance because i mean the next day i had to go to the hospital because i had whiplash and all sorts of fucked up shit and i and i was in new hampshire like on summer break so i wasn't even in my home state and i had to get physical therapy and all this shit and the insurance gave the other guy's insurance company gave me all sorts of shit because i didn't get checked out right away yeah I mean, I still ended up getting paid, but it was a pain in the ass. Was your car totaled, Vani?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the ingesters haven't been out to look at it yet, but <clears throat> I'll send a picture. The thing that
2: I found fascinating is that all the airbags went off. For some reason, I thought only the airbags on the side that you hit would go off. And, and It just your, depends
4: and on how it front. hits you. It hit yeah. her
2: pretty damn close to head on. Well,
1: which depends. is why they all
4: deployed
2: yeah
1: yeah <laughs> depends on how it hits you and how hard yeah she well it knocked me all the way back to cookie's parking lot
2: and she was at the stop from the light.
1: light
4: jeez
2: that guy must have been hauling ass
1: that white truck yeah he had to have been hauling ass he definitely wasn't stopped at the stop or waiting for the light to turn wow. or else he wouldn't have hit that tr- that trail that, that was a big heavy freaking trailer. He had to have hit that trailer hard.
4: Was Vonnie on the traffic report yesterday with Cameron Buckholtz?
1: <laughs>
2: no, because traffic doesn't start until after 3. So oh. well, I wasn't in rush hour. Yeah. Yeah, she was just on the edge of rush hour. So she <laughs> she didn't get her 15 minutes of fame. You didn't,
4: get, didn't get your 15 minutes of fame with she Cameron. She would have had Sad it change. though.
2: She would have had it though if he'd been in house because everybody was looking out. Cindy heard it. The sales manager? Oh, from uh-huh. the, yeah. From the, the from the station. She had somebody in her office and they looked out the window They're like, holy shit. So everybody had come over to the windows and was looking out anyway. Wow. Because it happened right in front of our building. Yeah. And then I read, <laughs> I was like, well, she's already called Tyler. I'll go down and wait with her. So I, so I went down and I was right on the edge of like trying to, there's no sidewalk there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a an incline i went to step on it and i went whoop with oh, my one foot and if i hadn't caught myself that would have been holy shit oh man <laughs> i would have been sitting over there rubbing my head you've been going to the hospital with me i know right we would have been sitting in the er together it's crazy it was crazy crazy yesterday so what
4: exciting happy things do we have that bonnie's okay as the yes, ha- good, in good shape is a happy. Bonnie what's is another really. Happy? Bonnie is
2: fine. She is. Her car is completely. Poor Sylvia. Sylvia is. I know. She is not even on life support, and unfortunately, she is. I do believe deceased.
1: Um, poor Sylvia. I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was a DOA. Yes.
2: (laughs) There were no resuscitation possible.
1: (laughs) I tried to start it after it happened because after, you know, I got my bearings again. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to pull into Cookie's parking lot so I can get out of the middle of the road. Nope. Yeah, my car wasn't moving.
4: She was like, nah, bitch, I'm done.
1: Yeah. Like, nope.
4: Kristen Chenoweth will be here on Monday yep. in OKC. Kristen
2: Chenoweth, who has a book coming out. Megan's headed over to Full Circle to get her signed copy. I am going to die. I'm so excited. I need her, like... You know what I'm interested in? I'm interested for you to get your picture taken with her because you're going to look like a Yeti next to her.
4: <laughs> well, I think she's she, so I little. It, she is tiny. I think my, So my friend Stephanie is going, and I think you have to have, like, I don't think they're doing, like, picture ops. Oh. Like, you're going to have, like, someone take it as you're, like, talking to her. So oh. she'll probably be seated. So I'm really <laughs> <She's> going to be talking <laughs> her. You are. Because she's-, her- she's only, like,
2: 5'2". She is little bitty. Well, no, she's... Okay. I thought she was shorter than 5'2", because Vonnie's 5'2". Oh, she two. might be. Yeah, she I might was
1: going to say, I'm 5'2". She's shorter than I am. Yeah.
4: Oh, okay. She's so she's going to look really short, because I'll be standing and she'll be sitting. <laughs> I think you? they said, too, you can bring like memorabilia. So I'm going to bring, I need to get my, I need to bring my, my grimoire, my wicked grimoire and have her sign that too. Cause that's cool.
2: The other cool thing now it isn't coming out this week, but (laughs) I saw an article. I, I forwarded you guys an article about the power.
1: I hate that. I know
2: you and Vonnie absolutely hate it, but Obviously, somebody likes it because it is going to be debuting on Amazon Prime on the 31st of March. Oh,
4: well, I, maybe so it'll make a, a better series. show than a book.
2: No, I think it'll be just as brutal, even though they probably won't leave this.
4: Yeah, but I might really enjoy watching it yeah. versus reading it. Like, it wasn't even the gruesomeness of it. I just didn't like the book.
2: <laughs> Fair. Because there are know. plenty of books I don't like. Daisy Jones yep. and the Six is coming out this week, though.
4: I know. I was. I need to I'd get a copy and it's read good, it. it. It's a good, a good week
2: two. for adaptations. Uh, oh, the article about the bear I thought was good. Because you know how we're always joking around about all you have to do is be faster than your friend if being chased by a wild animal? Yes. You just have to be faster. But that's actually not true mm. and it kind of well they didn't he didn't I think st- it is true and they were like but don't do it because the bear will eat you well it, it was an interesting and funny post because the guy from the park service said uh I was don't re-
3: push down your friend <laughs> no it said be sure to
2: check on your friendship before you go into the woods oh <laughs> which i thought was hilarious although you know as I was sitting there sort of thinking it out because he was talking about how bears are really fast and they like to chase things just like dogs. So the chase is it's an instinct. So it would kind of make sense that if there were two of you and one of you fell down, they would continue to chase oh,
0: the that's person true. That makes sense. who's running.
2: Now, he didn't say that in the article, but that's sort of what I got out of it. So yeah. it's like the bear is not going to slow down for the person who falls. He's going to keep going after the one who's running.
4: So your best bet is to be the first one to fall down.
3: Well, unless you, you both, want a, you fall, unless want you both fall down
4: at once. True, I guess. Yeah.
3: I'll Rock, test the paper, theory scissors. Because I'm not running.
2: <laughs> oh, come on. I was really surprised that Pat chimed in on this on our group chat and said that she did actually run away from a bear, but she was not the fastest one. She was the slow friend, <laughs> which cracks me up because Pat's a runner. Is she? Yeah, Well I didn't She know was. That. She was back in the day, anyway. Oh, okay. Part of the Windy City Striders. Casper's the Windy City, you know.
4: No, Chicago is the Windy uh, City.
2: You have never lived in Casper.
4: I know it's actually windy in Casper, but it is way. Windy City- I know. But,
2: but we called it the Windy City. And the other thing that I found this week, chicken and waffle ice cream.
4: Ugh. The I waffle t- part probably wouldn't be too bad because it's gonna take like, taste like a biscoff cookie. It's the chicken part that gives me pause.
1: Well, it's not real chicken. I, I know, imagine but, it's just Yeah. But- it's just gonna taste like the the breading. The chicken breading. I just don't know. I don't know. I read
2: the I read the the small details, and it was like chicken flavored waffles, which really grosses me out. What if they gonna put? Chicken like bouillon in the
1: in yeah. the mix.
4: It <laughs> it feels like cat food. Like here's a side oh of God, chicken with you're grossing
2: me completely out. Now <laughs> I'd still try it.
4: <laughs> you try it for all of us, Bonnie
2: bonnie's the uh what are the what do you call the person that has to taste poisonous things the taste tester
4: the taster i'm sure there's a, i mean it was always the royal taster the, like that bonnie's one.
2: gonna be the royal taster for the group <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not fine. for everything
4: but just chicken and waffle ice cream i'm
1: down with some chicken and waffles oh god but in an ice cream Ooh.
2: yeah i don't
3: i don't even appreciate them outside of ice cream so i'm guessing the ice cream part would probably not be you know what i found interesting though pat really kind of turned me
2: around to the chocolate chip cookies with bacon in them
4: now that i can understand because people do chocolate dipped bacon at the fair
1: yeah i don't like that either
4: i haven't tried it i do it's good Cause i need my bacon really crispy and i'm at the freight of the fair it's not gonna be crispy i had
2: tri- i did try that and it was not as bad as i feared well it's the and salty
1: the, sweet and together. the bacon was really crispy yeah it was oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: it still sounds disgusting though
4: maybe next time i make my chocolate uh, my chocolates i'll put bacon in it instead of pretzels
2: that could be interesting put I both in yeah Yeah. Ah, (laughs) bacon and pretzels oh my god we've just we've just created something new it's a franken dessert i could try
4: it i've not uh, we can try it (laughs) it'd be the same as having chocolate dip at the fair it's like the same idea
2: yeah but you wouldn't have to Maybe. pay $12 for a taste of it like you do at no. the fair. <laughs> yeah, I know. I for could do like half pieces. of the
4: tray. I could just put in like half of the tray, I, one tray, and then we could just get a sampling of it and not have to you're, make the okay,
2: whole Okay, Megan, you're the designated uh, baker. Bonnie will be the designated taste tester. And then if it passes muster to that point, then I'll try it.
4: Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll, i I would try it once. I'd put some chocolate. Maybe when I have the girl, like the girls coming over for something, I'll be like, uh, I wanted to try this out.
2: <laughs> you know, one of these you days, your guinea pig. One yeah. of these days, Megan, you have to invite these girls to your house. We've never You're... been there.
1: It's because you all live
4: what? on the other side oh, of town.
2: Oh, 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 oh. You've never invited us.
4: You're always. We well, you can come to my house anytime. <laughs>
2: Well, one, we are gonna get back to doing our podcast in the studio. But it's, it's like all of the gods were against us because everything looked free and clear. And then on Wednesday, the salesperson scheduled a Friday night remote. And then the 10 to 12 remotes that usually are on Friday nights got bumped up to eight to 10. God damn it! I was like, fine, I give up. No Friday nights next month so now in a completely unrelated story let's talk about books baby let's talk about you and me and me talk about
4: all the good things and the bad things probably bad things in bonnie's book
2: probably bad things yeah
1: no it's not that Sa- bad. not sad oh. things Ooh. Oh, okay no proceed so this is women's appreciation month right That's right. It is. So I kind of went with an extension of last month and for the subject of this month. And I read Becoming by Michelle Obama. And I had read both and I was trying to decide which one to do for our Black Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And so since this is Women's Appreciation Month, I decided, well, I'll just go ahead and save Michelle for a minute. So Becoming by Michelle Obama, and this is an autobiography about her life. She grew up in Chicago, which I'm sure a lot of people know. I think she might've grown up a little lower middle-class than what Obama did. Um, Just everything that her family had was like hand-me-downs or used or, um, but also another reason why they kind of lived a little more on a budget is because her mom didn't want to work so that she could stay home with Michelle and her brother. And she talks about the neighborhood that they lived in and how um, it was pretty integrated when she was little, but as she grew up, it became more and more of a a black neighborhood. And a lot of that it was because uh, the realtors were trying to scare the white people that lived in the neighborhood telling them that it's turning into, you know, a ghetto and that mm. they should sell now before their property goes down, Ugh. which I mean, playing off people's prejudice to make money. She talks about um, her parents and her dad. It kind of, I can't remember what exactly he did, but I know whatever it was, that he did, she talked about he didn't make quite as much money as a lot of people did because when he had first gotten the job, Black people weren't allowed to join the unions Mm. and it was a union job. And, you know, you think about that and I mean, that's just kind of one of the things that happened in history to try to keep Black people more poor, which is really shitty. Mm, But very, but it also, if you don't know a lot about the history, it kind of gives you more of an understanding too why there's such a difference and why um, Black families struggled more than white families. So that was interesting to learn. And she talks about taking piano lessons and her parents really, really sacrificed. So...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Damn, that was really... (laughs) I did. It was kind of cute, though. It was cute. (laughs) (laughs) Just moved her little head enough.
1: Well, it doesn't help that she's sitting crooked. No,
4: that's
1: how (laughs) I sound when I sleep that way.
3: I honestly thought it was you, Marzia, until you started laughing, and then I was like, Oh, it must have been Echo.
1: But her parents really sacrificed a lot and went without so her and her brothers could have like a really good education and like so that one of them played sports and coming from a former sports mom, I know how much that crap can cost and like Michelle like took piano lessons and went to like took AP classes and went to a different school like a a better school she also talks about when Michelle was little and I can't remember what grade it was but they put a bunch of the kids in a classroom in the basement of the school with a teacher who just didn't give a rat's ass about teaching them anything Michelle's mom went in and threw a fit until they moved Michelle out of that class and put her in a different class where she could learn. So, I mean, her parents were very involved in her and her brother getting a good education and that's so commendable. I think that they just, they worked really hard to make sure that they could do better in life. It talks about, you know, Michelle going to college and, um, her first roommate. And she said that she didn't find this out until later, but. When she first went to college and was uh, paired with her first roommate, who was white, her parents were so appalled that their daughter got put with a black student that they went and made the school move her. Oh shit! How shitty is that? You I know mean, what? I've wow. known
2: people like that though, and it's it just sickens me that
1: it's terrible
2: that people act like they're too good to be in the presence of others
1: you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I know. Bastards. It's it's just ridiculous. She really had a, a really good childhood, parents who really cared. Um, she went on to go to uh, law school, and she was working as a lawyer when she met Obama, who had started as an intern, and she was actually Obama's mentor. So she was supposed to spend time with Obama, Oh, she spent some time with him. Well, I mean, at first, so it was, it was really interesting to hear like about her growing up, especially after I had already read Barack Obama's book, just, Mm -hmm. just the difference. And then seeing them come together, it's kind of like an extension of a romance, you know, where there's, you see this one person's life, you see the other person's life, then you see how they meet and how they, you know, fall in love and. She talks, of course, about being a first lady. One thing that kind of irritated me about her experience as first lady is that when another one of the first ladies or one of the group, I guess, called her, you know, to talk to her about being a good first lady, they were expected, Michelle like to drop everything so that she could just be this person and she's like i'm not dropping my life and i freaking don't blame her i wouldn't want to drop my life just to go look at china patterns and rose gardens
4: well and i feel like too it's different when you are married to a someone who becomes president versus someone marrying into like the royal family yeah because you sort of
2: expect that there's going to be that thing is is that she's not a housewife And I think there have been so many of the first ladies just because of the way society was at that point, that that's why they did those things. That's why they were in charge of those things because they didn't have, you know, outside responsibilities. Mm. Well,
1: that and a lot of the people, a lot of our presidents also come from rich families, Mm -hmm. our former presidents. So when you married i mean you didn't have to work right well really you could just you know and i'm not saying that being a housewife to a politician would not be work i'm sure that there's a lot of work involved but she had a career she was independent she didn't really want to drop everything just to be the first lady and she was, talked a little bit about her first meeting at the white house as being first lady. And like, she wanted to know, like the ins and outs of like, because you're not allowed to like, accept gifts or anything like that. And she wanted to know more about that. And the person that was given the tour of the white house was all talking about, you know, like decorations and China patterns and didn't answer any of her questions Mm. and I don't know, it's just so turn of the century to me, I just that would have irritated me too. But you know, she took it in stride, um, did the best she could, even under a lot of scrutiny. As being First Lady, she had an interesting life. I think still has an interesting life. She's still pretty young. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really good book. And one thing that she said in the book that really made me think she said she was being judged. On two angles, because not only was she being judged because she was the first lady for all of America, she was also being judged as being Black. So she had like this double edged sword that she was trying to balance. And it would be difficult and I would imagine frustrating at times. Didn't know a lot about Michelle Obama before I started reading this. And I wasn't really sure if I was going to like this. Not that I don't like, didn't like Michelle Obama. I just, she wasn't really in the news that much. I don't remember seeing her that much. And, um, but I I ended up liking her better after I read this book. It was interesting, if you wanna read about a strong independent woman on Women's Awareness Month, I say read it. Very well written. Um, It's a little on the longer side. I did kind of, glaze over on some of it but I want to say it was like 13 hours but it was a it was a good read I would definitely recommend it and that again was called becoming by Michelle Obama
2: Keith looks Keith. pensive you look
3: pensive <laughs> I was looking at my pen like an idiot <laughs> pensive with my pen oh was it pensive
1: because like the guy's clothes comes off when you click <laughs> it or something?
3: i <laughs> wish it was that kind of pen. That would be awesome, it would but it's be awesome. not just boring. That would be a true
2: romance pen, wouldn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a dinosaur that the Speedo comes off? Oh
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be a true Keith pen.
3: I would be into that. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: what you got for us today, baby? Vonnie didn't read anything historical this week so i read a historical book man it's all
2: topsy-turvy
3: up in here i know so the book i read this week is called something fabulous by alexis hall and yeah it it's it's pretty well known i think that i don't do historical books and I was talking to uh, one of our book girls, Taylor, and she kept, we both really like this author and she kept telling me I needed to read it. And she was like begging me to read it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't read historical things, but this is a Regency romance. So takes place way back in the day. And there's this Duke and he of course has lots of money and his name's Valentine and his parents were very close with another family who also had children and his father had always said that he wanted to see him marry that other family's daughter like keep it in the family like bring them into our family like that kind of thing almost an arranged marriage kind of thing um And the other family has uh, a set of twins and the parents die very early in their lives. So like they're left with, you know, just nannies and things, I guess. But, uh, and the twins are named Arabella and uh, Bonaventure, but everyone calls him Bonnie. And so the Duke goes to Arabella and explains to her very precisely exactly what should happen because you know their parents both wanted them to get married at some point and now they're both of age and she and the twin are falling upon uh, her twin brother are falling upon hard times and don't have a lot of money and he's like this will fix all of that but arabella and bonnie grew up reading lots of books and making up stories and now they are these dramatic ridiculous people and Bella um, when the Duke comes to her and explains I would like your hand in marriage this and that he's not I mean and he's this very not romantic guy he's just here are the things and this is what we'll do and so he basically tells her okay let's get engaged (laughs) and she's like no and then and she gets so offended because she really wants like this romantic love and like all the hearts and the flowers and all the stuff i mean martha's making a face and yes what this woman wants is kind of ridiculous because she has built up all this stuff in her head from all these books that she's read um and she gets so upset that the duke isn't talking about like love or anything like that i don't i think she's even upset because he doesn't say she's beautiful and she freaks out and she runs away and she runs off with her friend peggy and her friend peggy is is different too they're truly all just fabulous they're all really crazy And so Bonnie, the male twin is lost because he's lost his twin. He's lost his other half, his other heart. He's very ridiculous about it. And he's begging Valentine that he has to go and make it right. He has to go and pretend that he loves his sister. And he's like, this is all your fault because she's left. If you had just pretended that you'd have this marriage of love and then everything would be fine. So then the two of them go off trying to find this other group of women. Meanwhile, they're having a lot of difficulties because Peggy's dressed like a man, so they've been looking for two ladies, but it's really a man and a woman that they're looking for. The whole thing is trying to, I'm trying to think like, like, you know, like the airplane movies where everything is just crazy all the time and everything that is this book I didn't even mind that it was Regency which I love you Megan I'm so sorry but oh my gosh makes me want to throw (laughs) up Um, Regency romance is not my thing but this was so funny and I mean the Duke is just so straight-laced that he doesn't realize that all these characters are gay and queer and (laughs) And he doesn't realize that he feels that way because he is just this stunted, straight laced, good looking guy that just is like, I'm going to do what daddy said we should do and yeah. what the my grandfather said and what my family for millions of years have done. And I mean, the whole thing is just so madcap and crazy <laughs> and... I mean, Alexis Hall is just this amazing, amazing writer. He writes amazing gay queer fiction, and this is just no different. It was amazing. I'm so glad that I got browbeaten into reading it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Taylor, for browbeating her. <laughs> and that was Something Fabulous by Alexis Hall.
4: We're just all over the map today.
3: Did you read I-
2: Romance? No, <laughs> I
4: read True
2: Crime. Oh, that's not all over that's the map. That's not out of it's character all at over all. The map.
4: But I haven't read a True Crime in a minute.
2: Yeah, but you love them.
4: I do.
3: So then what did you read about this time?
4: I read Under the Banner of Heaven by John Crocker. I don't know how it was. John Crocker. I'm going with it. That's probably wrong, but I'm going with it. And I honestly picked this book up because I already watched the TV show Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield because Andrew Garfield. I had issues with this book. So if you picked this book up knowing zero percent about the history of Mormonism, you would have learned a whole lot. If you pick this book up expecting it to be like the TV show, you're going to want to throw it across the living room. It was a very good book as far as re- recapping the history of Mormonism and history of how the fundamentalist Mormons came around and the differences between them and explaining as a whole the Mormon religion and how people become fundamentalist and then how they other people stay just traditional Mormons and it gives a lot of history of the bloody westward movement of the Mormons but the case I was most interested in was Ron and Dan Lafferty, who killed their... And this is not a whodunit, because in the prequel, in the opening part of the book, you know who did it. <laughs> in the show, it's a little more whodunit. In the book, it's in the prologue. It's not a spoiler. Ron and Dan murder their brother's wife, Brenda Lafferty, and his 15-month-old daughter, Erica, in 1984. I thought this book would be more about that case because that's what the show was. <laughs> it really only touches on this case out of the 20 something chapters in this book, maybe four of them. The rest is trying to explain to you how Dan and Ron became fundamentalists. They were not raised in FLDS because there's a distinct difference between FLDS and LDS. They were not raised in FLDS. They became fundamentalist almost organically on their own. It just mm-hmm. happened. They became radicalized. He found a book at Brigham Young that historians can't agree on who wrote it, but they're pretty sure that it was Joseph Smith or Brigham Young, one of the two. I think it was Joseph Smith because it was written by his publishing house at the time. And it had just very radical early things of Mormonism. And they took these for gospel because they decided that John Joseph what is it Joseph Smith? That doesn't sound right.
2: Yeah, that's right.
4: that Martha's shaking her head. Um that Joseph Smith has decreed these things, but there's no proof that he ever actually wrote this book. Um and they start talking about like blood atonement and they get messages from from God saying, I think you need to kill Brenda. And they just go, Yeah, okay, God said so. Yep, that's what I'm gonna do. And A lot of the stories and history in this book talk about how a lot of these men who were early Mormons or later became fundamentalist Mormons basically just can wake up in the morning and be like, you know what? God told me in my sleep that I just need to go murder this person. And it's okay because that's blood atonement. And God said I could is basically the whole book. (laughs) Um It was it was rough. There were a lot of uh, murders along the way to the Mormons getting to 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 Salt Lake City. And every time I say Salt Lake City, all I hear is Book of Mormon and them going Salt Lake City. If you've not seen Book of Mormon, look it up. Uh, (laughs) It was a great overall history. I will give the book that. (laughs) But I wanted it to be more about that one specific case. Since that's what I was expecting. And they and they talk a lot about at the end the trial and trying to decide if they're competent to stand trial, are they insane or are they sane? And basically the Lafferty brothers are like, "We're completely sane. God told us to do this." And that's why we're sane. And the court kind of agreed, not necessarily with the God told me to part, but the court basically said they're sane. They may have extremist views, but they are sane, so we're going to do this. And it was interesting to learn because I think a lot of times we think of Mormons as very like passive and very happy and very just, you know, you know, other than the fundamentalist different group, you know, I think we think of like Elizabeth smart and her family and just very prim and proper and just do everything perfectly and obediently and all that. Whereas the fundamentalists are a little more out there.
2: A lot more out uh, there. A lot more out there.
4: <laughs> uh, Cause traditional Mormonism does not endorse polygamy openly whereas fundamentalists that's like their keystone they're like yep this is the thing because god said i need spiritual or celestial wives written on this page from joseph smith or whatever so i feel like it's a fine line easy line to jump some for some people probably who have a little more radical ideas and Dan and Ron pretty much ran their family. Their dad was out on a mission somewhere. He had a chiropractor business. Like he, the Laffertys were a huge family in um, Short Creek. Short Creek has like four names. That's just the one I can remember Colorado <laughs> City, Short Creek. It had a couple names. But their dad was not a fundamentalist and he was pissed off <laughs> when he got back. And found out that his boys had become fundamentalists. So it's just an interesting look at their family and just an interesting look at the history of Mormonism and fundamentalists. But I wanted more of that particular case.
2: This is what happens, Megan, when you don't read the book first. That's all I'm going to say about that.
4: No, but you know what if I had read the book first, I probably would not have watched the movie even with Andrew Garfield in it. So I'm glad I watched the show. I'm glad I watched the show first cuz the show is amazing. And the it's scripted. It's not a docu-series. It's actually scripted and it talks about the investigator that was investigating cuz obviously you're in a Mormon community, the police officers are Mormon, and he and his struggle with that and the case and it just gave a lot more detail. They do put the history in the show as well, he kind of, it kind of almost goes to like you, you see the detective ruminating over life and it flashes back to that history that you need from the past to explain how the Laffertys became who they were, but it's not a central focus of the show. Whereas in the book, it's like 400 pages of Mormon history. Mm-hmm. A lot of which I knew already from true crime things. So. when they were talking about the kingston clan i was like hey i've watched escaping polygamy i know exactly who you're talking about those girls are badasses um because they talk about them they talk about elizabeth smart and all that so if you loved the show read at your risk if you haven't seen the show read the book first or don't i don't know (laughs) I, it's hard for me to review a book that I'm not in love with, but I had so many feelings about this book.
3: Read it, don't. It's fine. It's
4: fine. And that is under the banner of heaven by John Krakower. Pat just read another one of his books. Um, the one she I just thought read.
3: the name was familiar.
4: Yeah, and yeah. I had somebody else, a, a friend of mine messaged me when I posted that I'd read this and she was like oh my god I couldn't get through that book she's like I've read so many of his other books and that one I could not
2: <laughs> well so. for people who don't understand it you know you would into have the to wild. you would have to know yes. what you're dealing with and and it's yeah. it's a very complicated set of beliefs that don't really coincide with very many other religions so you kind of have to be read into it in order to understand what's going on
4: yeah, and I I thought I hit the halfway point, and they finally got back to the case, and I was like, great, the last half of the book's gonna be about the case, and then it was like, nope, just kidding, and I was like, damn it,
2: <laughs> okay, I didn't finish. need the. I didn't finish watching the show because I was way too triggered. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not doing this.
4: Yeah, I uh- loved the show. I thought Andrew Garfield did great in the show. I just.
2: All right, moving right along.
4: Take us somewhere spacey.
2: Nope, not spacey today. We are going to... uh, I don't even know what you would call this. It's a combination dystopian locked room mystery horror novel. Okay. It's called The Drift by C.J. Tudor. It starts out with a very action-oriented scene. In fact... Of all of her books, I think this one is the one that lends itself the most to an adaptation. It's almost like it was written in that way. And because of that, because of the flashing back and forth between several different groups of people... That's the one thing that I would caution about it. Now, I was able to make it through without any any issues, mainly because I was so curious as to what the hell was going on. There were a lot of very ambiguous things about this book. It starts out with a bus crash. She keeps calling it a coach, so <laughs> couldn't quite <laughs> picture. I kept thinking, coach, okay, that could be a train car. What? But after a while of, you know, Listening, because I obviously I consumed the audiobook. I realized that this was a bus we were talking about. Well, the bus crashes, and it is full of people who have been stripped, redressed, um, and they're just waking up from some sort of sedation. They're all wearing the same things, and it's so, so it's like a carefully controlled environment. They're all supposed to be on equal ground in here. You find out that they are coming from a facility that is a school of some kind. And little by little, it sort of leaks out informationally that they are all privileged children that were being evacuated from a virus-ridden environment. Supposedly, they all had tested negative. The virus is something that kind of feels like a Captain Trips type thing, uh, except for not nearly as virulent. Some of the people do survive. And when they do, they, they become what they call whistlers because they're breathing. You know, they whistle when they breathe and they're super contagious and you know, some, not everybody dies from it is the, is the bottom line there. But they get real red eyes, like bloodshot eyes. And that's one of the things that you can tell right away. Well, the main character girl that is on the bus is the daughter of the head virologist that has come up with all of these ways to keep people safe. And he's a very cut and dried type person like, okay, if somebody's Sick, they get, they're out. That's it. And we learn almost right away that his daughter is infected. Well, they have one mobile phone on board, and it's only because somebody snuck it on. And she sends a text to him and says, we've crashed. You know, but she's he's sort of estranged from her, so she doesn't even, he's a cold fish. She doesn't even know if he's going to respond. But then she starts to realize that damn it. If she tells him, he's just going to come and kill everybody in the bus because they, of course, discover that some of the people on the bus are infected. Not everyone survived the crash. There were a few people who died, including one guy who was clearly very infected. But the bus driver's missing and they're trapped inside the bus in the snow. So that's one environment we're dealing with. The next environment we're dealing with is a mountain tram. And inside the mountain tram, there are six, I think, people who have volunteered or been compelled to go for study. So they're stuck probably, I don't know, they can see the tram station from where they are. And they're going through all the motions of, you know, how are we going to survive until they can get us rescued? And you go through a bit of that, and you find out little bitty things about each of the people. Then there's another section where it's a facility called the retreat, and there are people there who are clearly employees of said place, and there's a murder happening there that they're trying to figure out what's going on. My biggest difficulty with the book was, as I said, I had no fucking idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. The why in the, you know, what the hell is this place, this retreat? Why are they in the situation that they're in? Because they can't go get supplies unless somebody hikes down the mountain to go get it. And they're being extorted by this local group. So they're dealing with that. But what made it interesting was you knew that eventually those three things are going to s- somehow be connected. The girl, there's a girl on the bus and her brother. She's trapped underneath some kind of, anyway, her legs are trapped and she's clearly critically injured. We discover a little bit into it that she's pregnant. They deliver the baby. And so now they've got an infant in this situation, which is you're just going, how could this possibly work (laughs) out? So I think more than anything, I just kept reading because I'm like, God damn it, you know, there's got to be a resolution somewhere here. How is this going to end? And because of that, I was absolutely compelled to keep reading. And at the end, of course, you do get the payoff of how it's connected. And I thought that CJ Tudor did a really spectacular job of plotting. It was hard. And and there were a lot of people as I went back and was reading the Goodreads reviews that didn't make it very far. Because it was confusing. It was complex. There were times when you were like, what in the fuck is this? What am I reading? But Of course, as you guys know, I like the weird stuff, so I kept right on a going. At the end of the day, I would suggest this to somebody who really likes a locked door mystery. Something that is that does have a lot of moving parts and is difficult to read. Because I felt that it paid off pretty well. I did have a few problems with it. I did not give it five stars because I think that there were things that could have been done to explain it a little better so that at least you had something to grab onto during some of these portions where you're just so lost. Um, And that was called The Drift by C.J. Tudor. Oh, and all of this takes place in the winter on a snowy mountain. Yeah.
4: Interesting.
2: Yeah, it was a good, I think it would be a really great book I'm not sure if it was written during the pandemic, but it sure felt like it. It felt like one of those, oh, my God, we're trapped here. What are we going to do? Because it was that was the theme of the entire thing, was being trapped. Hold on. I'm lo- looking to see when it was written. Published January 19th, 2023. So I'm sure it was written during the pandemic. And you could really tell. So Sounds that, good. So that's that. We really all read very different things this week, didn't we?
1: Yes. I, <clears throat> kind of. I mean... You know, I like a good autobiography, and Megan likes a good true crime. We just usually get I don't know, in mine our was a good
4: I don't think mine was a good true crime. <laughs> no,
1: I just mean you enjoy a good, not That's the true. one that you read. That's true.
4: <laughs> I didn't even put it back on my shelf. I put it in my closet for the books to go to the to the Little Free Library. Oh,
2: man. It's going to the I, Little Free Library. I had
4: it in my hand. like right, I was like, nope. <laughs> and, <laughs> Little Free Library stack. Well, that's okay. I will never reread that. I will rewatch the show before I reread that book.
1: <laughs> well, they all can't be winners. No, they can't. Most the of the time,
2: I... and most of the time on this show, we don't address that.
4: No, and I was too far in. Yeah, by the time I was like most of the, the t- t- t-
2: t- most of the time we just review the things we liked, unless yeah. we're really pissed off about it. I and was clearly really pissed Megan off. Megan was pretty pissed one. off <laughs> about having, when it, when you give that much time, like I'm still salty about that Christopher Poloni book because it was so good, but Jesus fucking Christ, it was so long. Halfway through, I'm like, I'm out. This will show you my I level can't. of desperation.
4: I got on TikTok and I was like, hey, One Direction fans, give me some fanfic to read. And I, I, went, down, Christ. I went down the rabbit hole of, a- of AO3 and was pulling out wonder so like break it up because I was like I can't take it anymore <laughs> I even switched to the audiobook to get through it Oof. it was a rough week in my house
2: you get a badge when you turn a certain age it's called the get off my lawn badge mm.
4: oh I own that badge already and I'm
2: and you're required to wear it prominently I, so that I, people I did- know just stop.
4: Yeah, when I texted my neighbor at midnight that her fucking kids were in my backyard and left my gate open. That's when I earned my badge.
3: I really want, like, a a doormat that says something like, why are you here? (laughs) Instead of, like,
0: welcome.
2: Actually, I have seen seen that doormat. You know what it says? Did you
3: call first? Yeah. (laughs) It's the opposite it's, of Martha's. The, I I don't like talking on the phone, so even if they called first, I still wouldn't have given. Okay, them did you text first? <laughs> How's that?
4: True. I just it's don't the want them to
3: come at all. I just want them to all stay away. I actually I want a mat that says something like, "Inside we all have the plague. You <laughs> will die if you enter." I don't know something like that. What did
2: Bonnie would know this? What did they? put On the outside of the houses w- with the smallpox, do you remember that? That was in um, the frog music.
1: I think they just put like a ribbon or a banner. I thought or it, was, yeah, it was, yeah, I,
2: th- I thought it, it was, was like a, a red white... banner. Uh, was it red or I thought it was white? It
1: could have been, white. I don't remember exactly, but I know that there was
2: some <laughs> sort of marking on the outside of the house.
1: Yeah, that... there was a marking on the outside of the house, but it didn't have any writing because so many people couldn't read oh. back then. So wow. it was just a color. Just when I think Keith we met-
2: haven't oh. come very lo- a very long way. Little Keith, details you're, like you're, that.
1: Keith, your
4: doormat's the exact opposite of Martha's speak friend and enter doormat. That's inside
2: my house, though. <laughs> I love that mat. Yeah. I'm never going to put it outside where somebody, some asshole I don't know, can step on it. That's true. My speak friend and enter is right outside the studio door. <laughs> is it <laughs> yes yep. Yep. that's where it lives now so that only the people I
1: like can come in <laughs> to the studio yes
2: the rest of those fuckers can
1: stay out <laughs> it's like her it's like her own little um, clubhouse where yep. you know, instead of like no boys <laughs> yes Very it true. should say no fuckers no fuck. <laughs> all you fuckers stay out
4: what's the oh. password I don't know how to say it in Elvish.
2: Damn it. <laughs> Melon. Oh. I have a
4: bone to pick with who with Amazon Prime for not telling me that season three of Jack Re- of
2: Yeah. Jack
3: Reacher's uh, not out not yet. Jack, Jack Reacher. Not Jack Jake Reacher. Ryan or whatever. Jake Ryan. No. Jack Ryan. Jack, Jack Ryan. I was like, <laughs> still Jack like, Ryan now. Jake Ryan's from 16 Candles. It's I was funny saying. that you said it and I immediately was like, Jack Reacher has a third season yes. out. I missed the second. Yes, like some of us need our Jack Reacher. No, Jack Ryan.
2: Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Far from my mind. Jack you know? Ryan is the one of the original characters in the Hunt for Red October, um, which is book related.
4: Yes. yes. Tom Clancy.
2: I yeah. mean, I mean, I know he's the Tom Clancy guy, but yeah. I feel so bad for Bonnie. She's sitting over there, and every once in a while, she reaches over to the pet, the, pet the dog, and just winces oh, in pain. No, it's because. So,
1: because echo keeps kicking me in my bruised hip oh, oh.
2: Kick I her wondered
1: back. I wondered about that you, you were wincing Slicker on the nose you don't realize how much your dog kicks you when she's laying next to you until you have a <laughs> bruise she doesn't understand
2: oh she's gonna snore I can I can feel it
1: building up you just did a little bit ago she's, she's not gonna your- now because you're waiting for it,
4: there
2: it was. <laughs> 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 Woo! Y'all. that's my bingo card full oh and by the
4: way we all made it through the storms here in oklahoma in case anybody was worried oh about.
2: boy that was a close run thing that was a very was- close one the one that came by us oh yeah we were very i gotta clean out my fucking garage all that that does anybody know who anybody who wants to buy an almost brand new refrigerator because i need to get that thing out of there and yeah. Dylan's. Booth- I just, I
4: remember like watching it and being like, well, Martha's like real close. And then yeah. I texted Bonnie. I was like, Bonnie, get down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it
2: was, it was a very close run thing. And Ron put the car in the garage over the top of the of storm shelter. So if it had hit us, then I would be injured. It was only enough to...
4: Okay, that's still an F2. It only goes to
2: 5. <laughs> yeah, but the houses didn't lose their whole roof. They only lost no. portions of the roof, which yeah. means my laundry room might have been okay. Usually the sirens don't go off everywhere. For those of you yeah. who don't live here, it usually just happens in isolated places. Yeah. But everybody I mean, had a- s- everybody had a siren. Yeah.
4: I've never really seen our trackers like not be able to keep up until that night. That that storm
2: was traveling 90 miles an hour.
4: Yeah, it was crazy.
2: I mean, you basically blink and it's gone. So if it did hit you, at least it wasn't lingering.
4: True. I actually brought my patio furniture like into the house because they were talking about that. Like the storm was moving that fast on top of the wind speed. I do need to clean out my shelter, though, because there are questionably spiders that need attention. And out of my shelter for next time.
2: Yeah, ours gets really gross. It smells like death down there. Oh, see, I put
4: one I put one of those um hey! those dehumidifier things in there.
2: Bonnie, maybe I should get some scent beads for my Yeah, there you go. Cover up <gasps> yeah. all
1: your weird scent. Yeah, the weird smells. Smells, The
2: weird smell in my uh in my storm shelter might be able to be solved.
1: Or maybe go. quit storing your bodies down there. God
2: damn it. But they're out of the way down there. But you have to move them every spring. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I put That's- in a, a one of those <clears throat> pumps that pumps the liquid out, that would help. Because the You're slime, you know, pump the slime out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll
4: tell you what, though. The next day there was a little snake like under my garage, like a little garden snake. That was like under the lip of the garage. And I got my snow shovel out and like scooped him up and threw him back out in the garden. I was like, where you're not going to be is in my goddamn storm shelter when I get in there in a See, couple weeks. See, that's what they
2: do. The, the toads. That's why my storm shelter smells so bad.
4: Oh, I don't have Because toads. they
2: get in, they hop through the little holes because there are little breather holes on the so- on the front. Yep. And they just hop right down there. I don't know why they think that's a good idea.
4: I don't know, but that snake and I—especially with we all walk those, dives.
2: especially with all those bodies down there. You know, uh, it's too crowded. Different. I need a winch for my bodies when I need to use the storm shelter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <thank
4: God. laughs> this then, is really why she has the extra fridge. She's going to swap it. For and a then freezer. when the storm
2: hits, they'll go flying, and no one will ever know. I, I think that meteorologists should have to go through special training mm-hmm. to announce severe weather.
4: I'm pretty sure they do go to school for that. No,
2: I don't think they fucking do because all the ones in Oklahoma lose their mother fucking minds every time there's a tornado and they can't articulate specific oh. directions. They just go, True. whoa, look at that. It's on the ground. Whoa, whoa. Get in your storm shelters now. If you're outside, I think that what, was, was, uh, something about their grandmother. What did he, what did David Payne oh, say? Oh, David Payne! He said, "If grandma's
4: at the casino, go get her." Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! He had some good clothes this time.
1: Yeah, but everybody knows David Payne's just joking. Yeah. People who are
2: not from here do not know. Imagine <laughs> no. moving to Oklahoma and turning. Fucking David Payne on. I
1: love David. <laughs> Channel 5 kind of irritated me a little bit. Why? What did when they- I was watching the tornado coverage and stuff, my, like my sirens had gone off and I'm trying to figure out if I can come out of the bathroom or not. And uh, Damon Lane started talking about my neck of the woods and Day- and uh, John Condor's like, don't talk about that. Talk about Norman. Norman's getting it right now. Oh. You need to talk about that. And I'm like, no, just tell me if I can come out of my shelter, ass white. <laughs> well, when I lived you in cut Indiana, off your the sirens coverage. used to go twice. What? Yeah. what?
4: In Indiana, the sirens used to go twice. It would go once to tell you to take cover, and then it had a different cadence to tell you to come out. But Oklahoma doesn't do that.
2: Well, maybe you should suggest it to the powers that be. What would be a good song to have the sirens sing if you can come out of your shelter?
1: Come No, out. Come what, Oklahoma- Wherever you are. <laughs> Oklahoma should have one that's a tornado is coming the original and then the one that says okay get off your front porch and actually go to the bathroom now
4: just play the wicked witch to take cover the and then like and then
1: the come out come out wherever you are song yeah there you go just go all all (laughs) all wizard of oz i'm here for it Meet the young lady that fell from the star. Yes. Yep, that's I think that works. I think that works,
2: Bonnie. So. And that's gonna do it for. Three Book Girls. Can't
0: get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.